0: This is the Morning Rush.
1: Coming up on today's show, uh, we'll look at last night's action in high school playoff hoops. Could the Hampshire and Kaiser girls punch a ticket to the state tournament? The answer is yes, but only uh, for one of those teams. We'll hear from Hampshire boys coach Danny Alkire as his team opens a sectional play tonight against Kaiser that game in Romney. The Steelers give head coach Mike Tomlin a contract extension. Question is, uh, should they have done so? And apparently uh, the Super League isn't as super as it thought. (laughs) Soccer talk two days in a row on this show. I know. I'm just as shocked as you are. All that and more coming up In the next two hours of the morning rush. Good morning to you. How the heck are you? So glad to have you on board. So glad you could take some time to tune in and hang out as we kick off yet another essential work day. Several ways to get involved on the show, as always. Hit me up on Twitter at ESPN Morning Rush or at Rush Tony C., Like him, follow him. If you go to the show page at ESPN Morning Rush, you can vote on our question of the day. And that is concerning Mike Tomlin and his contract extension. Did the Steelers do the right thing? At this particular point in time, giving him... That extension. That is our question of the day. Vote on Twitter at ESPN Morning Rush. Also our Facebook page at Cumberland's ESPN Radio. Taking your calls on the Rush Line. 301-759-2628. Your chance to dial and dance. Shamo. 301-75... Oh, that was a good one. That was a nice high-pitched one. Shamo. 301-759-2628. My voice hasn't been that high since I was like nine. And uh, check out our podcast page on the free Podbean app where we upload every show every day, minus commercials. So you can go back and listen to and check out anything that you missed, either on today's show or uh, previous shows. All right, let's kick off today's show uh, as we do every show with a rock around the region. And we answered that question that I posed just a few short minutes ago. As we start with girls' high school basketball, where the Hampshire Trojans punched their ticket to next week's state tournament with a 55-49 win over Weir in the AAA Region 1 co-final in Romney. Gracie Fields had 17 points and Hannah Alt had 16 for the Trojans, who head to Charleston for the second time in the last three years. They will be the seven seed and will face undefeated North Marion next Wednesday afternoon. The Huskies ended Kaiser season last night with a 92-50 win in the other uh, region co-final. In the boys' section semifinals in Quad A, uh, Preston had its season come to an end with a 73-52 loss to university. In Region 2, uh, Jefferson beat Washington 60-57. Spring Mills, unfortunately, not able to compete. They could not play against Hedgesville, so the Eagles uh, move on to their section title game. In A, Moorefield beat Petersburg 67-55. And in single A, East Hardy beat Union 92-58. Pendleton County rolled over Harmon 70-40. And it was Tiger's Valley over Pocahontas County 73-41, much more on the high school hoops action coming up uh, later on in the show. In Major League Baseball, Trey Mancini and Freddie Galvez homered as the Orioles beat the Marlins 7-5 to kick off their three-game series in Miami. Rio Ruiz had a two-run double for the O's, who are now just a game under 500 at 8-9. Elsewhere, Jan Gomes, drew a bases-loaded walk in the eighth inning to give the Nationals a 3-2 win over St. Louis in D.C., a Josh Bell homeward for the Nats, who will go for the series win this afternoon at 4.05 with Max Scherzer on the mound. Catch all the action right here on this very station. And the Pirates game in Detroit was postponed by, yes, snow. It will be, it will be made up. As part of a day night doubleheader today, beginning at 210. Shout out to my boy, uh coach Kevin Whiteman checking in, uh listening to the show early this morning. Whitey, what's up? On the ice last night, the Penguins, and this was incredible. The Penguins nearly blew a six nothing third period lead and had to hold on to beat the Devils seven six in Pittsburgh. Sidney Crosby scored what wound up being the game-winning goal in the third period. He, Brian Rust, and Evan Rodriguez each had a goal and assist for the Pens. Uh, we'll hear from uh, head coach Mike Sullivan in just a few minutes. And in the NFL, former Washington tight end Jordan Reed announced his retirement yesterday because of lingering issues from multiple concussions uh, Reed played 7 seasons in Washington before spending last season with the 49ers. For his career, 355 catches, 25 or I'm sorry, 28 touchdowns. His best season was with Washington in 2015 when he caught 87 passes for 952 yards and 11 TDs. Unfortunately, injuries uh, really slowed his career. He never played in more than 14 games in a single season. And that is uh, your Rock Around the Region, brought to you by the Cap Rally Group. I got to tell you, before we get into uh, this Penguins game last night, (laughs) I almost didn't make it today. Today was just one of those days. You ever have those days? I know we have. Be honest. Where the alarm goes off. And you kind of slide out of bed, and you just kind of sit there at the edge of the bed and just contemplate do I really want to do this today right And we all have those days. I had trouble sleeping last night. the alarm goes off, and I'm just thinking, man, just just take the day right I just I just yeah we've all had that conversation with ourselves, right we think of. Uh, several reasons not to go to work, but then we think of several reasons to go into work. <laughs> I was very close. I was so close. Just saying, you know what? I don't have it in me today. I think we should actually get days like that. I think that companies should give their employees like a couple days. You know how we get we get holidays. And we get personal days and sick days. And the only reason why I came in today, because I wasn't really sick. I don't like lying like that. I don't, don't, you know, like doing the old, oh, (coughs) boss, I can't come in today. (coughs) I feel sick. I don't like doing that. Not to say I haven't done that in the past. Not here, if I'm being honest. But in other jobs, yes, I have uh, faked an illness to get out of work. But that wasn't the case today. I just wasn't feeling it when I woke up. But I don't feel good lying about, you know. So I think we should all get, like, one or two just, like, screw it, I'm not coming in days, right? We all should get a couple of those, like two. You can have your holidays and your personal days and your sick days. But I think we should all get a couple because we've all felt that way. I I think even the, the people who make the big bucks, the boss men and the boss women, I think they feel that way. Like, you know what? I, I just, I don't want to deal with it today. You know, I, I just don't, you know, maybe you had a tough night sleeping. Maybe you had a long night the night before at a local establishment. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Maybe life is just kicking you in the face. Maybe you don't want to deal with your coworkers for a day. I don't know. Several reasons. So I think I think that's a good idea. I think we should all get like one or two screw it, I'm not coming in days. Like, when we could <laughs> we could just text or call or email our bosses and like, hey, screw it, I'm not coming in today. And I think we all should, We because we all go through that. Now, if you really hate your job, that's pretty much every day, which I can't help you there. Maybe just get a new job. But anyway, uh, as you can tell, that feeling passed, and here I am. So that Penguins game last night, uh, I get home from practice and the wife and I were actually watching something on Netflix. It was, it was a show about, did you see, it's called, um, it's called Crime Scene, was it Murder at the Cecil Hotel or something, something about this hotel in Los Angeles, this, this building from uh, just another dimension where all kinds of terrible things go down. And this one girl disappeared, and they tried to figure out, you know, what happened at the Cecil Hotel. So we're watching that. The, the Penguins game really wasn't even on my radar. Uh, little C, my son, was out and about. He comes home. He says, you you see the Penguins score?" I was like, no. He said, 6 nothing." And the fact that the Pens were playing the Devils, I figured, all right, Pens are up 6 nothing, And they were. So as... Uh, Mrs. C and I are watching this show. Uh, little C is giving us these updates on the Penguins game. And to the point where we had to turn off what we were watching and turn on because the Devils are actually coming back. Six now, you gotta understand, six nothing is it's impossible to come back from that. Had the Penguins blown that lead last night, They would have been the first team in NHL history to lose a 6-0 lead in the third period. It's never happened before. Now, granted, there aren't many 6-0 leads in a third period in hockey. But still, it had never happened. And here you're at, it's 6-0. Again, I I had no uh, interest in the game. It was 6-0, whatever. But the Devils... I think they scored three, if I'm not mistaken. Let me look it up here. I don't want to give you false information. I mean, check the box score here just to be on the safe side. But I'm fairly certain the Devils scored three goals early in the third period to make it six to three. Oh boy, I love the internet. I love our internet service here. Woo! Let me tell you something. Move so fast, I can't even stand it half the time. Yeah, all right, so the, so the Devils score the first three goals of the third period, and all of a sudden it's 6-3. Sidney Crosby then scores to make it 7-3. And then the Devils score three more goals to make it 7-6. And there was still about 40 seconds left in the game. The Penguins literally had to hold on to win a game that they were leading 6-0 in the third period. Then I saw this little nugget on Twitter today from ESPN Stats and Info. The Penguins are the first team in NHL history to win a game in which they were outscored by five goals in the third period. Entering last night, NHL teams were 0, 270, and 0 in the regular season and and 0-9 in the postseason when they were outscored by five-plus goals in the third. That's incredible. 0 for 270 when outscored by five goals. First team ever to win a game. And my phone, you know, my phone just starts blowing up. You know, my brother, our hockey friends, what's going on? What are they doing? It's 6 nothing. It's the lowly devils. And people are panicking. You shouldn't have to panic. Even if you don't know hockey, you need to understand. You you, you shouldn't have to panic when you have a 6-0 lead in the third period at home. And quite frankly, the Penguins just kind of quit. They kind of lost focus. They just took the foot off the gas, and the Devils are like, all right, you want to be like that? Let's make a game of it. And after the game... Penguins head coach Mike Sullivan uh, was asked about his reaction to that third period, and he really had a hard time putting it into words. Well, I've, I've
2: never been through an experience like that, so I, it's, uh, it's not an easy one to react to. I, I'm not sure I have a valid answer for you, and that's what I told the players. And, uh, you know, for me, obviously, not a lot went right for us. Uh, we certainly know that we've got to be a whole lot better in a lot of areas to close out games and uh, and not put ourselves in those types of positions. But uh, I just told the players that it's just something that that I'm going to try to digest and uh, see what we can take from it. Fortunately, we, we still were able to to, uh, to win the game. Um, but I, I, I don't know how to react to give you a real valid answer, quite honestly.
1: Could you imagine if they had lost? Uh, Josh Yowie, who uh, covers the pens for The Athletic, uh, tweeted right after the game last night. He said, I've never seen Mike Sullivan storm to the locker room like he just did. That was one of the more embarrassing periods of in Penguins history. They won, which they did, but that was a pathetic effort during the final 20 minutes. And... It's, it's weird to say that you you know you're you're unhappy in a victory, but sometimes that's just the way it goes. Sometimes, even though you win a game, you are angry and upset when that game is over. And Mike Sullivan and the Penguins have a reason to be. Look, it's not very often that your starting goaltender gives up six goals and wins. Right? Tristan Jarrett gave up six goals which will not be good for the goals against average. He gave up six goals in the third period because he just kind of lost focus. Which is really easy to do. Look, like we're all human, right? We're human. It happens. You're up big like that in any kind of game, and you kind of just let your guard down. You, as I said, you know, the old cliche, you, you kind of you take your foot off the gas, so to speak. We had a game, speaking of uh, Frankfurt basketball, I can't remember which game it was this year. I don't know if it was a second Petersburg. I can't remember. But the game didn't end well. We won the game. But I think the fourth quarter, it it just, we didn't like how the game ended. Like So even in a victory. Because you want to start strong, right? And you want to finish strong. You want to finish on a high note but sometimes when you just when you stumble to the finish line when you limp across the finish line when you barely eke out a victory in a game that you had complete control of you feel bad about it you feel bad about it it's not a good feeling yes you're happy with the win but you just want to finish stronger and that was the way with the penguins were last night <laughs> six nothing lead and almost blew it. But can you imagine, again, can you imagine what I'd be talking about today if they had been the first team in NHL history to blow a 6-0 lead in a third period? Look, blowing a 6-0 lead in the entire game, okay. Rare, but I'm sure it's happened. But to come close to blowing a 6-0 lead in the final 20 minutes? They need to get that straightened out real quick because the playoffs are right around the corner. And you cannot afford any kind of lapses like that in the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right, uh, going to break. When we come back, we'll stay in Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin gets an extension. Yay or nay? Stick around. Cumberland's ESPN Radio.
0: This is the Morning Rush.
1: Rush line is open, 301-759-2628. you want to get involved on the conversation, especially if you are a Steelers fan, you might want to jump on board to talk about this uh, next topic. Or if you don't want to call in, you can drop me a line at ESPN Morning Rush. That's our Twitter page. Or on Facebook, uh, leave me a message at Cumberland's ESPN Radio. So news came down yesterday, shortly after I signed off the show, because again, uh, that's when all news breaks as soon as I get out of here. The Steelers... Uh, gave head coach Mike Tomlin a three-year contract extension that uh, if he, you know, coaches through the entirety of it, will keep him on the Heinz Field sideline through the 2024 season. Now, this coming season will be Tomlin's 15th with the Steelers. In the previous 14, not too shabby. Has a record of 148, 78, and 1, seven AFC North titles, and two trips to the Super Bowl, where he won one and he lost one. Under Tomlin, the Steelers, as has been noted several times yesterday and in the past, they've never had a losing record. Now, that does include three 8 and 8 seasons, but still never a sub 500 record in the 14 seasons under Mike Tomlin. And they made the playoffs uh, nine times. Stephen A. Smith, who is a Steelers fan, says the extension is well-deserved. You look
3: around the National Football League, and there's a whole bunch of coaches uh, with far more suspect resumes that have jobs in the NFL as 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 head coaches. So when I look at it from that perspective, I don't want to hear about Mike Tomlin, you know, being under pressure and more any more than you know what he's normally under. You need to win when you're in Pittsburgh. You need to be a respectable team. I think he needs to get a running game. Um, I, I think continuing to improve that secondary definitely, or getting somebody. to to rush to pass or all of those things are important there are elements that he can address but in the end there is no question the record speaks for itself 145 78 and one that's winning 65 percent of your games this man does that he has never had a losing record in 14 years he is very very well deserving of his job and in a day and age a time where we're looking at minorities and lamenting the state of affairs that exists as it pertains to the hiring of minority coaches in the national football league. I'll be damned if anybody could sit here and tell me that this dude who happens to be a minority an African-American deserves to lose his job anytime in the foreseeable future. Not with that resume. He should, he's as far as I'm concerned, he's one of the standards, congratulations and props to him. He deserves the damn extension. As far as I'm concerned.
1: Now, when the extension was announced, uh, there was, as expected, a mixed reaction. Uh, I jumped online and tweeted uh, that Pittsburgh Twitter uh, should be fun today, uh, and it was. <laughs> it was because uh, Tomlin is no different than any other head coach. Like all head coaches are polarizing, I, I think. Either you, uh, with few exceptions. Like, I don't think very few people in New England hate Bill Belichick. There's a few exceptions. But for the most part, head coaches like quarterbacks, I think, are polarizing. You either love them or, you know, you want them out eventually. People who love Mike Tomlin, uh, they applauded the extension yesterday. Uh, They're like Stephen A. They point to his winning record, never had a losing season, won a Super Bowl, went to another. We already went over that. Detractors. Of Mike Tomlin, uh, say he's worn out his welcome in Pittsburgh. That he's too player-friendly, uh, lets his players get away with too much. And although he does win games recently, he hasn't been winning the right games. Now, as is the nature of Twitter, you can't have an opinion without you know somebody coming at you and attacking your opinion. So there were a lot of people online yet, on the socials, not happy with this extension. And of course, they got shot at by other people on Twitter. Uh, Mark Kabali, who covers the Steelers for the Athletic, tweeted, quote, Only in Pittsburgh can fans be upset over a contract extension of a coach who 62% of his 14 seasons resulted in 10 to 13 wins. Kabali also uh, tweeted this little nugget. Super Bowl wins since 2007. Patriots 3, Giants 2, Steelers, Seahawks, Broncos, Chiefs, Ravens, Eagles, Bucks, Saints, Packers, all with one. Now I guess the point he was trying to make is that winning a Super Bowl is hard. And if people complain about Tomlin's one Super Bowl win, look at all the other teams that only have won one or none during that same time period. Now, last night on Freddie and Fitzsimmons, the guys talked about the Tomlin extension. Ian Fitzsimmons discusses something the Steelers have that not a lot of fans have. And Freddie Coleman has a message for the fans who want Tomlin out of Pittsburgh.
2: They are the most stable, most patient franchise, maybe of any professional franchise we have in North America right now. I mean, go back to the late 90s. Uh, Bill Cowher had back-to-back losing seasons. And everybody in Pittsburgh, you know, what you want to do is wipe your terrible towel with a certain part of of Bill Cowher's anatomy. You know, right? Oh no! It was I mean, fire him, get him out of here. He's a piece of you know what, right? Right. What, what what did what did the Rooney family do? Nothing. Did not listen to fans. Did not did just had trust and faith and showed patience, and they went seven to nine, mm-hmm. and six and ten, and then in two thousand they had a winning record, and I think in 01, they went like thirteen and three. Right. Didn't win the Super Bowl. But a couple years later, you know what they did win? Oh, yeah. I think it was 405 4 5, 05. Yeah. Roethlisberger's okay. first year. It's a Super Bowl for you, right? The second but, year.
4: With, yeah. The second year in the league.
2: With yeah. the coach that everybody wanted fired after back-to-back losing seasons in 98 and 99. Patience is the ultimate virtue. And the Rooney family, they are the best at doing it. And so, Mike Tomlin... Man, it goes eight and eight with, with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. That may have been his best coaching job ever, and people wanted him to run. Well, man? I mean, Mike Tomlin. I mean, what he's been able to do, and the, the level of success. Any Steeler fan is upset with this, you, you just you are not a fan. You are a fanatic, and you are a football fool.
4: I've always wondered for those who had these kind of misgivings. By mike tomlin if you're still a fan having misgivings about him as a head coach well what more do you want or who do you want because i keep waiting for them to say this coach will be better that coach will be better you always talk about he's overrated this he's not good at this not great at that yada yada, yada. i'm okay well who do you want that's better that's out there right now that does not have a coaching yeah, job but that's, that's in college question. great question and that i never get an answer i never get what about this guy what about this guy i get blank stares i get silence i'm thinking. There are plenty of teams that if Mike Tomlin was let go by the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, would be lining up to bring in that guy as their head coach. And don't tell me, well, he's not as good as Bill Belichick. Well, take a number. In the NFL, we have seen the last 21 years before last year that nobody has been as good as Bill Belichick in terms of being a coach in the National Football League. Don't use that as your gold standard that he's not that guy. I call it the Nick Saban argument. Why he's getting coaches fired because athletic director is going, well, you can't beat Nick Saban. And if I'm the coach, going nobody else is beating that guy. But I'm losing my job because of it. It's the same deal Mike Tomlin. Well, he's not as good as Bill Belichick. Well, you know who else is not as good as Bill Belichick? 29 other guys in the National <laughs> Football League. If that's going to be your argument, why Mike Tomlin should not be your coach, hey, find a new it. argument, period.
1: All right, so this is where I tend to disagree. With guys like Stephen A. Smith and Freddie and Fitzsimmons right there. Again, uh, they point to the winning record. And and believe me, uh, Lord knows it could be worse. So I'm not complaining from that standpoint. I was around. I was there in the Bill Cowher era. I was one of the people fully and completely on board with wanting him gone after two straight losing seasons. One of them out. Because as a Steelers fan, there is there are certain expectations. And you want to say that we're a spoiled fan base? Absolutely. 100%. We have expectations. And those expectations are getting to and winning Super Bowls. Which I understand is rather lofty because... Only one team can win a Super Bowl every year. I get that. A lot of times it is eh, a little overkill. Expectations are a little too high. But there has been a certain standard set with the Steelers organization all the way back to early 1970s. And as Steelers fans, they expect that standard to be met and kept. So, it does sound a little bit off-putting when you sit around and complain about a head coach that has won 65% of his games, never had a losing season. So, I understand it could be worse. There are a lot other, like it could be the Jets. You could be a Jets fan. I can't even imagine what it'd be like being a Jets fan. Actually, I can because I'm a Pirates fan. So, I've been on both ends of that spectrum. But when people constantly point to Tomlin's winning record as the main reason why he deserved this extension and why he shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't be fired in Pittsburgh or whatever, in sports, as we all well know, it's not what have you done in the last 14 years. It's what have you done for me lately? And to be honest, Tomlin and the Steelers, they haven't done all that much in the grand scheme of things. Don't tell me what you did 12, 13 years ago. What'd you do last year? Or the year before? Or the year before that? What you did 10 years ago ain't got nothing to do with tomorrow. Nothing. So, When people, what did uh, Ian say there, that Steelers fans are football fools for being critical of Tomlin? I call bunk on that. I call BS. Because we're not complaining about him winning games. We're complaining about the games that he isn't winning. And those are the most important ones. Playoff games and Super Bowl. Hey, 12 and 4 every year? All right. So we're 12 and 4 every year. If those 12 and 4 seasons continue to result in first round playoff exits, you can take your 12 and 4 and cram it. Shove it. Cuz it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We went through this with Gonzaga here in the most recent NCAA tournament. Going for an undefeated record, right? Won every single game except for the last one. So you know what that undefeated record meant at the end of it all? Bubkiss, zero, zilch, nobody cares. Gonzaga didn't complete the deal. They didn't finish the deal. Didn't win the national title. Nobody cares. The Patriots, 18-0 season, right? Lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Nobody cares. So if Mike Tomlin wins 65% of his games and goes 12 and four every year, but loses in the first round of the playoffs, guess what? Nobody cares. You don't believe me? You think I'm over exaggerating? When we come back, I'll give you those numbers. A very stark difference between Mike Tomlin's first four years and his last 10. And when I give you those last 10, you understand why some Steelers fans do not like that extension yesterday. Stick around. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, Cumberland's ESPN Radio.
0: This is the Morning Rush.
1: And we're talking about the three-year extension that the Steelers gave Mike Tomlin yesterday. Uh, Was it the right timing? Did he deserve it or not? If you say that he didn't deserve it, guys like Ian Fitzsimmons will call you a fool. Uh, Stephen A. Smith will say, you're wrong. And I pretty much said, you know, if you look at the whole thing, the whole ball of wax, Tomlin's 14-year stint with the Steelers has been pretty impressive, more impressive than most coaches. Don't get me wrong. But we live in a day and age, especially in sports, where it's what have you done for me lately? And when it comes to Tomlin and the Steelers, not much. And you break down, look at that ball of wax, and you cut it down in half. You you, you intersect it, or whatever, dissect it, whatever the word is, I don't know. Most of Tomlin's success came in the first four years on the job. He was 43-21, and 21, won the AFC North in three of those first four years, Right? went 5 and 2 in the playoffs and went to a pair of super bowls winning one of them that was his first 4 years two trips to the super bowl one championship 5 and 2 in the playoffs north titles in 3 of the 4 years but then the next 10 years happened in the last decade winning percentage still really good 102 57 and 1 a 64% clip, a lot of teams, a lot of coaches will take it. I'm just saying. The Steelers have won the AFC North just four times in the last 10 years. And they've only won three playoff games. Let me repeat that. For the people who want to always point to his winning record, never had a losing season, this and that, and blah, blah, blah. Three playoff wins in 10 years. That is not good enough. Not by the standard set by the Steelers over the last three decades plus. Three playoff wins in 10 years with a Hall of Fame quarterback in his prime. And only once in the last 10 years have they gotten past the divisional round of the playoffs. Just once. Caller, hold on. And then they got smoked by the Patriots in the 2016 AFC title game. I understand that most teams would love to have that kind of record, but most teams aren't the Steelers. Let's go to the rush line, 301-759-2628. You're up. Who's this? It's Dwayne. How you
5: doing?
1: Dwayne, what's going on, brother? Happy Wednesday to you.
5: Happy Wednesday to you. (laughs) Hey, um, I don't want to – I I guess it's not devil's advocate or anything, but uh, – I, I, I don't want to be against your feelings as a Steelers fan.
1: Oh, right. feel free if you want. But That's fine.
5: Um, I'm, I'm a Broncos fan, right. full disclosure. I think I've already said that yeah. before. Yeah. But uh, Tomlin, in my opinion, the last two years, um, really impressed me with what he did. Uh, you know the saying, make chicken salad out of chicken. <laughs> chicken crab, right, that- right. That's what he did the last two years. Because when, when the Steelers were 8-0 last year, I was like, this is the worst 8-0 team oh. I've ever seen in my life. Agreed. They were 11-0
1: at one point.
5: Well, they had Devin Bush, you know, when they was 8-0. Right, right. I think it was the next week Devin Bush got hurt. And I was like, yeah, they're, they're going to tank. Now, they did manage to eke out a couple more wins until they met up with Washington. But I was like, this is the worst 11-0 team I've ever seen. And do you I, mean – Do I, you mean, hold I on, like, let me, let me
1: stop you right there for a second. You mean Bud Dupree, right? Bush was hurt early in the season. Devin Bush was hurt. Bud uh, Dupree got hurt late. Who's that? Bud Dupree got hurt late in the season. No, I'm talking Devin Bush. See, I thought Bush was hurt like early uh, – okay, anyway, go ahead. I'll, I'll look it up and verify that. Go ahead.
5: Yeah, but um, after he got hurt, it was kind of like – they they started getting a little bit like they were eking out wins instead of like pounding on people. Right. And um, then you know you could see Roethlisberger he's he was he was just holding on by a string and then it just got worse and worse and that string just started to unravel. Right. At the end of the year, but for what he had, I mean, I, I was I was pretty impressed that they was eleven and zero. That's for sure. Uh, lat, the the year before, I was super impressed that they got to eight and eight with uh, what's the name, Mason, Mason name Rudolph, Rudolph? Rudolph? Yeah. and yeah,
1: uh, Duck Hodges. I think yeah, Duck, also started a few games.
5: <laughs> Duck Hodges, yeah, know. yeah, that, that's insane. So yeah, I mean, it's if The thing is, is he Bill Belichick? No, uh, nobody's Bill nobody Dodges. is right, and. I think with the Steelers, you do have a certain um, expectation for the season, uh, a, a lot more than like say you know the Jets or the, the Lions or something like that. But I, I think that he'll he'll probably turn it around with something. You know, the the Rooneys have always you know drafted good. They've always picked up good veterans. So as the the problem is, I, I think they they still have this love affair with Ben Roethlisberger and. Roethlisberger's done like right. he's he's hit that wall like he was running the 400 meter and then at about the 350 <laughs> meter mark that's where he's at and he's done right so they they need to yank him and and find something else but other than that uh well and and a couple um uh offensive linemen too and then maybe a defensive lineman and Right. You know, uh, a lot of holes but,
1: to fill. A lot of holes to fill, Dwayne. Yeah, running running back, you know, wide right.
5: receiver. But, you know, other than that, they're doing okay.
1: <laughs> other but, uh, than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
5: But uh, I I would just – I'd give Tomlin a little bit more time, and I think the, the Rooney saw that and he's like, yeah, we're going to give him time. It's not him. It's, you know, what's around him and what he has to work with. Right.
1: Fair but, enough. Uh, Fair enough. My uh, great points, Dwayne. Great points. So, All right, you have a good one. Hey, you too. Thanks for the call as always. There you go, Dwayne. Good points by Dwayne. I, I can't argue that. he Dwayne likes the fact that Tomlin did perhaps one of his greatest coaching jobs the last two seasons. Uh, Devin Bush got hurt in Week 6, by the way. It was uh, in the Week 6 win over Cleveland, so it was close. Close to the the 8 no more. I thought it was earlier in the season for some reason. Hopefully, Bush comes back uh, healthy uh, this year because the Lord knows he'll need him. So, Dwayne thinks that Tomlin deserved the extension based on the job he did with, like he said, <laughs> turning uh, chicken bleep in the chicken salad. Fair points, and, and I'll, I'll give him high marks uh, for that. And he's right. Nobody's Bill Belichick. Nobody is at all. But going back to the numbers, and I, I'll have to table this to the next hour because we're going up against a break here. There were a lot of things out of Thomas' control, for sure. For sure. But when we look at sports, when we look at football, and things don't always go your way, we always point to two people. It's the starting quarterback, and it's the head coach. And Dwayne just said, the Steelers and their love affair with Ben Roethlisberger, I can't explain it. I mean, I can. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But bringing him back for another year may have been even a bigger mistake than extending Tomlin. And this is really all about the extension. Not so much Tomlin being a coach, but why give him three extra years now? And we'll we'll, we'll continue this discussion in the next hour, so stick around. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, Cumberland's ESPN Radio.
0: This is the Morning Rush.
1: All right, before we get back into this uh, Steelers discussion with Mike Tomlin... Uh, let's one more time rock around the region. I want to rock right now. And uh, something we'll also get into uh, more discussion later on this hour uh, some high school hoops. Girls' high school hoops right now. Hampshire punched its ticket to next week's state tournament with a 55 49 win over Weir in the Triple A Region 1 co final in Romney. Gracie Fields had 17 points, Hannah Alt had 16 for the Trojans, who head to Charleston. For the second time in three years. Uh, Kaiser's quest for a spot in the state tourney fell short. Uh, They lost to North Marion 92-50 in the other region co-final. In the boys' section semifinals in Quad A, Preston had its season come to an end with a 73-52 loss to university. In Region 2, Jefferson beat Washington 70-57. Spring Mills, unfortunately, not able to play. Against Hedgesville, so the Eagles uh, automatically move on to their section title game. In double A, Morphville beat Petersburg 67 55. And in single A, East Hardy beat Union 92 58. Pendleton County rolled over Harmon 70 40. And it was Tigers Valley over Pocahontas County 73 41. Again, much more on some high school hoops uh, later on. In Major League Baseball, Trey Mancini and Freddie Galvis homered as the Orioles beat the Marlins 7-5 to kick off their three-game series in Miami. Rio Ruiz had a two-run double for the O's, who are now a game under 500 at 8-9. Elsewhere, Jan Gomes drew a bases-loaded walk in the eighth inning to give the Nationals a 3-2 win over St. Louis in D.C. Josh Bell, former Pirate, homered for the Nats, who will go for the series win this afternoon with Max Scherzer on the mound. Catch all the action right here on this very station. And the Pirates game in Detroit postponed by snow. Yes, snow. It'll be made up as part of a day-night doubleheader today, beginning at 210. On the ice last night, the Penguins nearly blew a 6-0 third-period lead and held on to beat the Devils 7-6 in Pittsburgh. Sidney Crosby scored what wound up being the game-winning goal in the third period. He, Brian Rust, and Evan Rodriguez each had a goal and assist for the Pens, who came very close to becoming the first team in NHL history to blow a 6-0 lead in the third period. And in the NFL, former Washington tight end Jordan Reed announced his retirement yesterday because of lingering issues from multiple concussions. Reed played seven seasons in Washington before spending last season with the 49ers. For his career, 355 catches, 28 touchdowns. Best season came in Washington in 2015 when he caught 87 passes for 952 yards and 11 scores, However, injuries really slowed down his career on top of the concussions. He never played in more uh, than 14 games in a season. And that is your Rock Around the Region brought to you once again uh, by the Cap Rally Group. Of course, also in the NFL, which we talked about in length last hour, we'll wrap it up now. The Steelers uh, giving head coach Mike Tomlin a three-year contract extension that could keep him in Pittsburgh through the uh, 2024 season. And I was running down Tomlin's numbers. As expected, when the news came out yesterday, there were mixed reactions. A lot of people say Tomlin deserves it, never had a losing record, won a Super Bowl, went to another, on and on and on. Other people are just kind of fed up with Tomlin. Maybe he's worn out as welcome because the last 10 years haven't been particularly great. Uh, under Tomlin for the Steelers as far as winning the ultimate prize uh Dwayne called in last hour made some really good points uh saying that you know Tomlin these last two seasons done a great job coaching especially the season before last when Roethlisberger went out early and they still went eight and eight missed the playoffs by I do believe a game last year yes they weren't they started out 11 and0 really collapsed down the stretch but he had injuries Roethlisberger kind of hit the wall with that you know redone elbow so really you know Dwayne he said he deserved an extension because of what he's done the last two years and they were good points I, I can't really argue them, to tell you the truth but when Dwayne called in I was going over Tomlin's numbers over the last decade like the first four years of Tomlin's stint in Pittsburgh were, were phenomenal First four years in Pittsburgh, three AFC North titles, five and two in the playoffs, and he went to a pair of Super Bowls, winning one. That's in the first four years, and you're thinking, my goodness, this is going to be incredible. This is going to be. Fa- I mean, he's already on his way to a, a Hall of Fame career, which he probably is anyway. But then after those, that for the next ten years, that just simply hasn't been. That great. Yes, they're winning a lot of games in the regular season, which is fine for most teams. But as I said last hour, most teams aren't the Steelers. They've won three playoff games in the last 10 years. Three. With a Ben Roethlisberger in his prime. And only once have they gotten past the division around the playoffs. And that's when they got smoked by New England in the 2016 AFC title game. The last two playoff games that Tomlin has coached, the Steelers have been down a combined 56-7 to in the first quarter. Now look, is it all his fault? No, of course not. He's not the one that snapped the ball over Rothersberger's head on the very first play of the game against the Browns this past season. But it also points to him, the head coach, The one who is ultimately responsible for not having his teams ready to play. Paul Zeiss, who I love, he's a host up in Pittsburgh on 93.7 The Fan. He wrote a piece on the Tomlin extension for the Post-Gazette. And he put it this way. There have been 14 teams who have won more playoff games than the Steelers since their last Super Bowl appearance 11 years ago. And three others have won just as many. So 17, what is it, 32 teams in the league? More than half of those teams have won just as many or more playoff games than the Steelers under Mike Tomlin in the past 10 years. As a Steelers fan, you look at that and go, that's not nearly good enough. Other teams might say, oh, that's, hey, we'll take it. The Jets, the Lions, the uh, I don't know whoever else has stunk the last seven, eight, nine years. Of course they'll of course they'll take it of course. But and again, you can call Steelers fans spoiled but because they are. We are. I am one of them. There is a standard that's been set. what is what is Mike Tomlin's one of his favorite lines in press conferences? The standard is the standard, right? That is one of his favorite go-to's in the press conference. The standard is the standard. So is that the standard now? Is that the standard that earns you a three-year contract extension? The standard is, let's have a winning record, let's maybe win the North, and then let's lose in the first round of the playoffs. Is that the standard under Mike Tomlin? Is that the standard that's been set over the last how many decades in Pittsburgh? Now, Tomlin released a statement saying that he was grateful for the extension. Of course, why wouldn't he be? And he said, quote, we have a goal of winning the organization's seventh Super Bowl championship, and I couldn't be more enthusiastic about this upcoming season, end quote. <laughs> I am mean, glad he is. I'm glad he's enthusiastic about it because I, I don't see many reasons to be. I mean, Dwayne, when he called in, you can call in, too. Your thoughts on the Tomlin extension. Dwayne ran down the list of issues with the Steelers. Offensive line, running back, receiver, old washed-up quarterback. There's a lot of stuff to be worried about if you're a Steelers fan. And maybe, maybe, that's why the Steelers wanted to extend Tomlin now. The Steelers are heading into a season with a ton of question marks. A season that will likely be the very last one for Roethlisberger. I'm guessing, rather, you know, rather than have a new head coach oversee the change from Roethlisberger to whoever they have in mind, that they'd rather have Tomlin oversee the transition. That that's that's my my thinking. That there's no sense in trying to break in a new quarterback and a new head coach at the same time. That's the only good reason that I can think of. The Steelers giving him an extension now. He still had one more year left on his last deal. And I do believe an option for 2022. So why extend him now? Is that based on the last couple seasons, like Dwayne said? That he did a really good coaching job two years ago. But why extend him now, when you have him under control contract for two more years? Because this is really, you know, if you thought his coaching job was tough the past couple years, these next few years, as Roethlisberger makes his way out, as they try to fill all these holes and all, you know, answer all these questions. He could have really earned an extension over the next couple years under his last deal. Some I don't know why they extended him now. The timing of it just doesn't seem right. But hey, the Steelers know what they're doing. <laughs> right? They know what they're doing. So who am I to question except for just, you know, some small small-time radio host, but that's my job, I question things. I mean, they've had three head coaches since 1969, which is an absolutely incredible run. There have been more popes since 1969 uh, than the Steelers have had. <laughs> Steelers have had head coaches. It truly is an amazing number when you think about it. Three head coaches since the moon landing. They have, as, as Ian Fitzsimmons said last hour, they have patience. They have patience. They had patience with Cowher when he lost. He had a couple losing seasons in a row. They've had patience with Tomlin. Will it pay off? I don't know. And, and the one thing, the final thing I'll say about this before we move on to some high school basketball, uh, we played that clip from Freddie and Fitzsimmons last hour. And I, I see this a lot. I see this a lot. Because I knew Twitter was going to be a madhouse uh, yesterday over this Tomlin extension, because again, you have uh, people on both sides of the fence. People who love Tomlin and you know, always had a winning season, and he deserves the extension. And and yo, know, if, if he left Pittsburgh, he would be hired tomorrow. He'd be snatched up in a heartbeat. And you say, well, if you want if you want him out, then who are you going to bring in? Who are you going to bring in better than Mike Tomlin? Right? That's always the and, and and Freddie Coleman said it. Like every time he asked, he said every time I asked a question. About who you're going to bring in, I can't get an answer. I don't know. How about the next Mike Tomlin? How about that? You know, if we're going to trust the Steelers, if we're going to trust the Steelers, you know, and their patience with head coaches and say, hey, they know what they're doing. I like to think they know what they're doing when it comes to hiring head coaches. So, if you want to give me an argument like Dwayne did last hour, which was again a really good argument about he got this extension based on the last couple of years. All right. But if you want to come at me with the argument that, well, who else better are you going to get? Stop. Because my answer is, how about the next Mike Tomlin? Because let's face it, who the hell knew who Mike Tomlin was when the Steelers hired him 14 years ago? Eh, nobody. I had never heard of Mike Tomlin when they hired him as their new head coach. Never heard of him. All I knew was he was some dude from Minnesota. I think, what was he, the defensive coordinator at Minnesota for like a year or so? And nobody knew. Who knew who Bill Cower was when he took over uh, for Chuck Knoll? Seriously. So when people say, "Wow, well, who are you going to go out there and get better? There's always going to be somebody better. There's always going to be. Like if the Steelers fired Mike Tomlin yesterday instead of giving him that extension, I would have complete faith <laughs> and them going out and getting their next head coach for the next 15, 20 years. Why would I not? Why would I not? Why would anybody think that this organization would screw that up? So when I hear people say, well, who's out there better than Mike Tomlin? There's going to be somebody. Because the same questions were asked. Well, who's out there? Uh, you know, no, I'm not saying, oh, I'm not saying Bill Cowher is better than Chuck Noll. I'm not saying that. But the question was there. I was there. I lived there. I know. Like, oh my goodness, who are you going to bring in? How can you fill the shoes of Chuck Knoll? I say Cowher filled one shoe. All right, one. Maybe a heel. Maybe a, a big toe and a heel of one shoe of Chuck Knoll. Knoll's one of the greatest coaches, one of the greatest team builders in the history of the. And look, he's he's upper echelon, top shelf. The Cowher came in unheralded, right? Went to two bowls, 1-1. Tomlin came in unheralded. Went to two bowls, 1-1. Chuck Noel ran his course. Kyle ran his course. Mike Tomlin will eventually run his course. And when that time comes, Steelers are going to come in and they'll bring in somebody else. Somebody else that maybe we have never heard of before. So I don't get that argument. Well, who's out there better than Mike Tomlin? I don't know. The next Mike Tomlin. Going here to uh, Facebook at Cumberland's ESPN Radio, Matt checks in. It's only going to get harder for Tomlin because the Bengals and Browns are not the Bengals and Browns that they have been for the last 15 and 20 years. That's 100% true, Matt, and thanks for checking in. It's 100% true. By the end of last season, you could argue, which I did, that the Steelers, who won the AFC North last season, was the third best team in that division. Because they rode that 11-0 start to the AFC North title and then just fell flat on their collective faces whenever the season came to an end. They won the North, but they were the third best team in that division. Ravens are better, Browns are better, Bengals are getting better. So yes, Matt is one hundred percent correct. It's only going to get tougher for Tomlin and the Steelers. We look it could be facing if you're a Steelers fan, you could be facing some hard times here in the past and the next couple of years. The next few years, we talk about Steelers fans being spoiled. Ooh, it, it might it might be some tough sledding for Pittsburgh, and until that transition is complete from Ben Roethlisberger to. Whoever they find as their next franchise quarterback until that next cycle rolls around, because everything works in cycles in sports. You know, the Steelers always haven't been this top shelf, or, you know, the 80s were terrible for the most part. And before the 70s, they were one of the worst organizations in all of football. But yeah, things are going to be tough. Mike Tomlin, <laughs> he will earn the extension after he got the extension. Does that make sense? Like, if the Steelers wanted to extend him, they, they could. They should just let him just coach out his current contract. Like I said, he had one more left, one more season left this year, and then an, an option for next season. So, you want a three-year extension? All right, here you go. Let's see how you do with this. Let's and look and if he continues to at least you know go five hundred with Roethlisberger on his last leg and all the issue well okay so maybe bottom line is this maybe you don't question the fact he got the extension you just question when he got it it just the timing just did not doesn't seem right but bottom line is he got it. So, if you're one of those people who, you know, think Tomlin has run his course in Pittsburgh, well, buckle up because you got him for at least a couple more years. And we'll see what happens. All right, time for a break. News and weather coming up. When we come back, some high school hoops talk. Stick around. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, Cumberland's ESPN Radio.
0: This is the Morning Rush.
1: That uh, Neil Walker announced his retirement yesterday. Long time, a Pirates second baseman. To be honest, I had no idea Neil was still... Was he was he on anybody's active roster? I, I don't know. I don't know if he was still in baseball. It might have been one of those deals where he was looking for a job and then couldn't find one. And then he said, you know what? It's it's time to, time to hang it up. But Walker, uh, always a class act. He announced his retirement on Twitter, because that's what that's what players do these days. Played for the Bucks, Mets, Yankees, Brewers, Marlins, and the Phillies. Most of his career with uh the Pirates before he was traded to uh the Mets. So there you go. Neil Walker. Again, class act. Uh, Pine Richland kid from Pittsburgh. Uh, maybe he can, can he coach football? Because I, I hear they need a football coach up there. <laughs> anyway, uh, Neil Walker uh, calls it quits. All right. Uh, let's try to make some sense out of the high school basketball playoff pictures in West Virginia. lot of hoops to go over from last night. First and foremost – Uh, Congratulations to head coach uh, Julianne Buckley and her Hampshire Trojan girls for punching their ticket to the state tournament in Charleston. Uh, The Trojans took care of Weir in the AAA Region 1 co-final, 55-49. Hampshire used a 10-2 run in the second quarter to take a 12-point lead and then used a 9-2 run early in the third quarter to go up by 15, uh, 38-23. Now, Weir trimmed that down to 11 after three quarters, pulled to within six, about halfway through to fourth, but couldn't get any closer. So, Hampshire moves on the Charleston for the second time in the last three years. The Trojans have a date with undefeated North Marion next week. The Huskies won the other Region 1 co-final, 92-50, over Kaiser. Uh, Kaylee Crowell scored a team-high 20 points in her final game, uh, in a Kaiser uniform, uh, North Marion they were they were out front from the get go, uh, jumped out to a twenty three to ten lead after the first quarter, took a forty nine to twenty eight lead into the break and pretty much uh, coasted from there. So the Huskies uh, they are now thirteen and o, and they will be the number two seed in the AAA state tournament. Hampshire is eleven and four, and they will be the number seven seed. And they will face each other next week. They will tip off next Wednesday afternoon at approximately 1 o'clock. Also last night in the uh, Region 2 co-finals, Lewis County is heading to states with a losing record after knocking off Phillip Barber 69-42 and Fairmont senior state unbeaten. What else is new? With a 64-36 win over Lincoln. In uh, Region 3, Midland Trail just got by Shady Spring, 46-44. And Pikeview, also a two-point winner, 60-58 over Sissonville. And in Region 4, Nitro beat St. Joe's, 63-50. And Logan uh, rolled over Winfield, 61-39. So, the girls' uh, AAA bracket looks like this. All four quarterfinal games will be played next Wednesday, a week from today. 15-0, Fairmont Senior is the number one seed, and will play number eight, Lewis County, uh, at 5.30 next Wednesday. Lewis County, just eight and nine on the year. Talked about North Marion and Hampshire playing the 2-7 game. That is a one o'clock, approximately one o'clock start. Nitro at 15-1 is the third seed. And we'll face number 6, Midland Trail, who checks in at 8-1. and one. So a pair of one-loss teams right there in the 3-6 game. That'll be the first game of the day at 9.30. I cannot imagine having to play a basketball game at 9.30 in the morning. But got to start somewhere. And in the 4-5 game, which is the late game next Wednesday, uh, number four Logan at eleven and three will play at number five Pikeview, which is eight and four. Now tonight, the Class A field and most of the Quad A field will be set. Uh, there's one Quad A uh, Region three co final tomorrow. Tonight in Quad A Region two, six and three Musselman is at seven and four Martinsburg, and five and nine Spring Mills is at eleven and no Jefferson. So two of those four teams. We'll be headed to the uh, state tournament next week. And in Class A Region 2, 7-8 Union is at 5-4 Pendleton, and 6-8 and Pocahontas County will try to do something that nobody has done in the last 16 years. Keep Tucker County out of the state tournament. The 15-4 Mountain Lions looking for their 17th straight trip to Charleston, which is absolutely amazing. On the boys side, section playoffs got into full swing last night with semifinal games in three of the four classes. In Quad A, Region 1, Section 2, Preston lost the university 73-52. Knights end their season with a five and fourteen record. In region two, section one, as I mentioned earlier, Spring Mills, unfortunately not able to play its game with Hedgesville, didn't really say specifically why you can assume COVID issues, but you never know, so I won't assume. Either way, they couldn't play. So Hedgesville gets a pass right into the section title game against top-seeded Martinsburg on Friday. On the other side of that region, Jefferson knocked off Washington 70-57, to so the Cougars move on to face Musselman in that section title game also on Friday. In Double A Region Two Section One, Dean Keplinger is it Keplinger Keplinger, either way, uh, Dean Mister Dean had 24 points to lead a number three Moorfield over number two Petersburg, a 67-55. The Yellow Jackets, who have now won three straight after an 11-game losing streak, will take on top-seeded Frankfurt this Friday. For the section title, that game to be played at Petersburg on a quote unquote a neutral court. Uh, Frankfurt swept the regular season series uh, from Moorfield. On the other side of that region, number three, Braxton County, came back from 14 down in the third quarter to beat number two, South Harrison, 59 55. So Braxton will face the top seed in the entire region, Clay County, on Friday. Two of Braxton County's four losses this season came to Clay County, and they weren't even close. 66-44 and 74-58. And in Class A Region 2 Section 1, East Hardy had little trouble with the Union, 92-58. So the Cougars will play at number 1 Tucker tomorrow night for the Section Championship. Both of those teams, of course, now moving on to the uh, Region co-finals. On the other side of that region, there are four teams in that section, so there were two games last night. Pendleton County won its 35th straight game, 70 to 40 over Harmon and Tigerts Valley beat Pocahontas County uh, 73-41. So Pendleton will host Tigerts Valley on Friday night for the section title. Tonight, most of the AAA sectionals will get underway in Region one section two, you got number three Berkeley Springs at number two Trinity, And in Romney, top-seeded Hampshire, is hosting Kaiser. And, much like we did yesterday with the Hampshire girls, Brian Chase, friend of the show, on our sister station, 100.1 The Wolf, uh, he talked with Danny Alkire, boys head coach at Hampshire,
6: to talk about tonight's game against Kaiser. So how important is it to have this game this sectional playoff game against Kaiser at Hampshire High School.
7: It means a lot to have the home court advantage. We've been wanting that for a couple of years. It is huge to have that. It's always beneficial to have your uh, your home crowd, your student section there, and the comfortability of playing at home. Like I told them yesterday, regardless of home or away, uh, every team coming into this is O and O. We're all in the same place, starting from the beginning again. Uh, it's going to be a very competitive, fun, up pace or up tempo game, and uh, we're looking forward to it.
6: Does it make it easier to play a team in the playoffs that you've seen during the regular season? And frankly, both of these schools know each other very well. Does that make it easier to game plan?
7: I guess it can, and it can also be hard. I mean, you know what they have, you know what they're coming into, just like they know about us. I mean, it's hard to play a team three times, and especially to come out victorious three times against the team in a season, no matter what level your college, high school, NBA it does make it a little easier. You have uh, a lot more information and data going into it on them. I would say overall, yeah, it does
6: make it easier. Talking to Coach Danny Alkire, the Hampshire boys basketball coach. Coach, you have a record of 10-4 and 4 this season. I think I have that right. 10-4, and 4, does that sound right? We got that last game in, in Springfield, so we were uh, fortunate enough to jump up to 11-4. and 4. Okay, so 11-4 and 4 on the season. If I were to go back in time to November and December, and if I were to tell you, Coach, you're going to be able to play 15 regular season games. You're going to be able to play a playoff basketball game in Hampshire High School in front of live people. Would you have believed me? I,
7: I don't know if I were completely
6: thinking we'd get that far, but we're, uh, we're so grateful to have the opportunity
7: to play, we're grateful to get this season in. Uh, like you mentioned, a couple months before the season started, we were unsure if we were going to get to play, how many games we get to play, and, and getting all the way into the playoffs. Like I said, we're just so grateful to be here. We're excited to be here, and we're excited for this opportunity.
6: Well, Coach Alkire, congratulations to you and your staff. Each year, your team has improved. The Hampshire basketball program headed in the right direction. Looking forward to the game uh, Wednesday night.
7: Yeah, Brian, I appreciate you always giving us a shout-out, giving us the recognition, as as well as the girls' team here, and we appreciate everything you do.
6: So there you go. Danny
1: Alkire, a Hampshire boys' coach with Brian Chase again from uh, our sister station, 100.1 The Wolf, uh, thanks to Brian once again for that audio. Hampshire uh, swept the regular season series from Kaiser, uh, 71-41, and then 52-35. Uh, to 35. And I said it after Hampshire beat Frankfurt the second time uh, this season. Hampshire is a team that I would not want to see in the playoffs. If if the Trojans look, they, whoever wins tonight's game moves on to the region co finals, right? Automatically. So, if Hampshire manages to get out of the region and, and go to state tournament, I don't want to see them. Now, I'm I'm not saying they're as good as as a, a polka team or anything like that, but they are just a long athletic team. They got guys like Trevor Sardo and and Keckley and, and Carter Smith who can absolutely just shoot the lights out. They can kill you inside, outside. Uh, it's going to be a tall task for Kaiser tonight. But, like you heard Coach Kyer say, at this time of the year, everybody's 0-0. What happened in a regular season, doesn't mean squat uh, come playoff time. But uh, I would not want to see uh, the Hampshire boys team at any point in the playoffs. I'm, I'm glad they're triple-A, not double-A. All right, uh, one final break, and then we will come back to wrap things up Looks like the Super League isn't all that super. Stick around. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, Cumberland's ESPN Radio.
0: This is the Morning Rush.
1: Before we get out of here, let's check on the player who delivered, brought to you by All Seasons Landscaping and Supply Yard. How about the players, plural? Plural. Who delivered? Hampshire's Gracie Fields and Hannah Alt combined to score 33 points in the Trojans' 55-49 win over Weir. In the region co-final last night, Fields had 17 points. Alt had 16 for Hampshire, which heads to the state tournament uh, for the second time in three years. So for their efforts last night to bring, to help bring, a region title to the program. Uh, Hampshire's Gracie Fields and Hannah Alt are players who delivered, uh, brought to you by All Seasons Landscaping and Supply Yard. Apparently, uh, people who didn't deliver uh, were the ones uh, trying to get this uh, Euro Super League together because uh, that didn't last long. And we talked about this yesterday. I know, two straight days of soccer talk, I'm just as shocked as anybody. Two days after the announcement of this Euro Super League, all six English Premier League teams, plus Inter... uh, If I mispronounce these, pardon me. Is it Inter Milan and Atletico Madrid? Am I close enough? All eight of those teams said, "Eh," on second thought, we're good. And they backed out of this Euro Super League. There was huge backlash from... Soccer or football fans, a lot of players, a lot of teams. So after this backlash, the six uh, English Premier League teams announced yesterday they're withdrawing from this Super League, and then the other two teams have followed suit. Now, no, at, is, it, is it Atletico? Because there's no H in it. Is it Atletico Madrid? Uh, no player had spoken out publicly, uh, but ESPN learned that uh, the squad's unhappiness with the club's involvement in that new Super League, led to the club backing out. Uh, ESPN soccer analyst uh, Gab Marcotti was on with Scott Van Pelt last night to talk about uh, the reaction to the uh, Super League and then the the fallout. One well, of the
8: first rules of business, if you're trying to introduce something uh, something new, you got to be able to read the room. You have to anticipate how people are going to react some of the most vehement opposition coming uh, not just from those clubs that, that would be excluded, not just from institutions like, uh, like UEFA, who obviously stood to lose a lot of money and a lot of influence, but coming from the very fans, in some cases the players and managers of the clubs themselves. And that was, that was really a colossal misstep. And I think once the clubs, especially the, the Premier League clubs, uh, who are often more sensitive and, and, and more in tune with their supporters, uh, once they realized you know, just how angry people were about this, how, how little support there was, um, they swiftly did a U-turn. And, and it all collapsed really like a, like a house of, of cards and in the space of what, five hours? Yeah. And, and, and Gabby, you'll have to forgive my ignorance here, but it's sincere. And maybe it serves me in this case because I know I know so little about the, the, the lay of the land there that I'm just stunned that given the passion that I perceive from where I sit, that they wouldn't anticipate that there would be furious pushback. I, I'm just baffled by that. I'm just, how, how do you explain that? Uh, it's extraordinary. I think they felt that they could they could ram this through. They put it in a statement, they told some people privately they were doing this, not a single one of these club owners or presidents uh, came out in public uh, until Monday night and they seemed to assume to take the fans for granted. I don't think their argument was particularly compelling but they never even bothered to go and make it. They never even bothered to speak to their fans, their customers, they didn't speak to their players many of whom came out against it. They didn't speak to uh, to their managers. And and I think there was some, some real resentment um, about this. And, you know, you got to question. Some of these guys, um, they're obviously wealthy, successful men. You figure they'd be surrounded by the smartest guys uh, in the room, you know, commercial experts, marketing experts. Well, guess what? These guys were all colossal duds because they completely misread this. And they misread each other, too. They misread, uh, you know, the German clubs ruled themselves out straight away. They set thoughts aside for them. These clubs ended up ruling themselves out straight away. And so it was always going to be uphill. It's one thing to not try to win the hearts and minds. It's another thing to just dismiss them as if they don't matter. And that's what seemed to happen here. But already, Gab, we, we hear plans to reshape. Okay, what do you expect that looks like? I don't know. And honestly, that statement that that came out tonight, that, you know, it, it, it looked like it had been written on a typewriter like it was something from the 1950s. <laughs> um, I think it's simply what's left of the Super League, which is, you know, basically two, three clubs at this stage trying to somehow, um, you know, not lose face and say, we'll come back to fight another day. I mean, uh, does it doesn't mean that the bigger clubs aren't going to push for, uh, for, for reform, for a better deal for themselves, for better governance. Uh, no, of course not. They're going to continue to push for that. They're going to continue to serve their interests. And I think it's right that they do that. But before they attempt to go and, and you know, pull another fast one like this without consulting, the most important people when you're running a business, the people you are selling the product to, um, I think it's going to be a long time before that happens.
1: So, in Italian, what all that means is a bunch of uh, super rich people just felt like getting super richer and didn't really care what anybody else thought about it. Until everybody just, there's this major uprising. They are like, oh, wait a minute. My bad. Right? It's like they were just going to do this to make a bunch of money and create this Super League and didn't really care what anybody else thought. Now they do. So this Super League uh, doesn't even get off the ground. One final note before we get out of here. Uh, Maryland basketball forward uh, Jarris Hamilton transferring again. Uh, The junior joined Maryland last season after transferring from Boston College. He averaged uh, six and a half points, uh, 2.4 boards a game. Well, he's transferring again. He is entering the NCAA transfer portal. So there you go. Dude, make up your mind. I'm telling you, we're going to see a lot more of this, the old transfer portal. So wherever Hamilton falls or lands, it's going to be his third team in 3 years. They got to they got to touch it up. They do. They got to fix it. You want to have this transfer portal, there's got to be there's got to be some kind of just you can't have players jumping ship every single season to go somewhere else. Uh don't forget Nationals Cardinals, this afternoon, Nats going for the series win. Max Scherzer on the hill. Catch the game right here, pregame 335, first pitch 405. That's it. I'm done. Stick around. Last hour of KJZ coming up next. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your day. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. sharp. This is the Morning Rush. I am Tony C., and I am done. See ya!